Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. The Path 5 team is a dedicated group of professionals hailing from diverse backgrounds, all anchored in making the world a safer place. Thanks for joining us while we dive into today's topic. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to this episode of the Path 5 Podcast. It should be an interesting one. Uh, this one primarily deals with some uh, recent news surrounding the firearms industry, as well as the U.S. military, uh, primarily the United States Army. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is the new SIG contract for the NGSW Next Gen Squad Weapon. Of course, they couldn't just call it a GAT or a weapon. They've got to have this whole acronym thing going on. I'm sure some general got his OER tickled over that. So, pretty big news. Um, for a very long time now, we've seen the 556 platform be the primary choice uh, for, for pretty much every branch except for the Air Force because I think they're issued Nerf guns. Uh, and it's been very successful. You know, I think, I think there's a period of time there, especially the peak of Iraq, where there was a lot of negative sentiment towards the 556 round um because dudes were complaining that they had to shoot other dudes four or five times to take them down which yeah i mean it's a hot round it's a smaller round so i guess that makes sense but then again anything worth shooting once is worth shooting five times so since then we saw the emergence of a, a couple new dotics for different ammunition uh, and, and some that, that really, in my opinion, brought the 5.56 into its own and definitely carried it across the finish line in the uh, more recent GWAT applications. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, the contract itself is a potential 10-year, $4.5 billion agreement. Uh, excuse me. I had a burp there. For SIG to provide the Army with two separate variants both of which are chambered in 6.8 with a $20 million contract that has already been fully awarded. And that contract statement of work mainly surrounds providing test weapons, ammunition, and spare parts to the army. Um, I'm assuming they're going to run the weapons through their own paces, maybe field them to a bunch of people who don't actually know how to use them and get their opinion. And then they'll, uh, you know, see how the contract goes forward from there. Uh, as an odd to the U.S. government's uh, status as the world's top arms dealer, that's right, it's not Nicolas Cage after all, there's a stipulation allowing foreign military sales as well. So it's kind of interesting that that was already thought of. You know, we're already thinking about fielding this to our neighbors. I'm sure some of that was driven by Ukraine as well, um, especially with uh, the emergence of some of the NATO uh, lend lease agreements, things of that nature. So the 6.8 round itself is relatively new to the scene. So the boys are going to discuss some of the reasoning behind it and uh, jointly evaluate whether or not it's a sound choice given our current list of adversaries and our potential lists. You know, you don't you don't build a weapon for the current conflict you're in. Try to build it for the next one as well. Um, so we're going to extend this conversation to several other calibers to give it a good, bad, or ugly score. 
And uh, before Yeti breaks down some functionality and differences between these two weapon systems for us, since the contract actually deals with two, I'd like to take a poll around the horn here. Does the Army actually need a new weapon system? Keeping in mind that the M16, which is the base platform for all of our modern uh, infantry rifles, has been in service since the 1960s. So what do you guys think? Broniel, take it away. You know, this, um, this, this might be an easy thing to say, but it might also ruffle some feathers. Uh, I'm not going to simp for Eugene Stoner here. But you have to admit, it's an extremely flexible design. I mean, you got guys who still love their AR-15, and they're able to chamber it in whatever sexy you know, caliber they want to chamber it. I'm sure you're going to be able to chamber it in, what, 6.8 Fury or whatever ungodly nonsense this thing's going to shoot. Um, you know, being able to slap different uppers onto lowers is a phenomenal thing. Uh, what was it like? Ah, the, the SOP mod days, so like 2003, 2004, there was a picture of like a SEALs loadout that was going all over AR15.com, and it was two separate uppers in the same gun case. So he had a 14.5, and then he had like a 12-inch. So right. even back in the day, even in the early th thousands, they were swapping these things out and making them work not only for themselves, but whatever situation they got tossed in. Yeah. I don't think there's anything new here. I don't think this is a new weapon. It's not. This technology has been around forever. It's been around before the M16 even was invented. It's a split-top receiver just like an AR. And just like the the AR-180, It's uh, the recoil system's controlled within the upper instead of going into the buffer tube. Yeah, And it's, it's piston-driven. I don't see anything new here other than the caliber. Right. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which even I, then, I it's just it. a 270 with a lot more ass behind it. That's it. It's your 270 Winchester. Yeah, it's yeah. literally it's it's the same case length as 308. It's the it, it or not case length, but overall length. It's I I don't see anything new here. I think the gun community hasn't had anything to sink their teeth into for a while. Yeah. Um, and I think we're all kind of going crazy over it. But it's it seems right. like a great rifle. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But no, I don't think that anything needed to change. I'm not some you know old. <clears throat> Sorry, Boomer. I'm not a Boomer here saying, you know, that we have to stick with what we have. I've never carried it for service. You know, I've, I've never served. So what do I know? But I don't I don't see a reason to change personally. Interesting. No, that's good. Good input for sure. So, Boomer, what do you have to say about that? Well, you know, they, they absolutely needed something, in my opinion. You know, the government's always looking for ways to spend their money. And uh, I'd like to think I'm a at least a partial, I don't know, venture capitalist considering they're charging me thousands of dollars so I can get out of the military because I got a bonus that I didn't actually ask for. Um, <laughs> that they took taxes out and now I owe them the pre-tax amount. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's write that one off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a little bit bitter. Uh, the big green weenie strikes us all and uh... – it's not going to be, I, I would love to say it would be the last time, but it definitely isn't. And I know it's going to shrink me real time. Oh, soon. you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Too. Uh, I've gotten some, the moment it's, it's a law. If someone says big green weenie, everyone that was with an earshot has to get hit with it within um, that business quarter. That's how it works. Yep. That's how it works. Big green. Once you hear an earshot, 
that business quarter, you're catching it. But, you know, to go on with this, um, do we need a new weapon system? You know, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I agree we do because it gets us ahead of the curve. But currently, uh, I would say we don't with the current threats ahead. And, you know, uh, big reason is, you know, using all OSINT that we have, you know, unless you're a top secret guy and you, you got a lot more of the details. But using the OSINT that we have, it hasn't shown that Russian and Chinese forces have viable body armor. And we have uh, learned that uh, with Russia's invasion to Ukraine that, you know, it's rare that they actually if they have body armor and it's been it's Ukrainian propaganda that, you know, I got this from that Russian soldiers actually had uh, cardboard uh, cutouts of like how the ceramic plate supposed to be and certain and they had it weighed whoever the factory that's made it to make it think like they actually had armor and they didn't. They got it from Wish. <laughs> yeah, they got the level three double plus plates from Wish.com. Super only tactical 50 bucks, force protection, but... riot, stab defense, wish.com. <laughs> wish. <laughs> this uh, podcast is not sponsored by wish.com. It should be, though. God. God. Yeah. We'd have so many fake EOTechs. Oh, my God. Uh, so many fake drop. Never mind. The, the only other worst advertisement would be Olight, which is a, it's a grenade flashlight. Or something hey, I have one of those. Oh, it's, it's great. Really- if you run out of ammo, you can just throw it into a room. It's a flashbag. It's great. <laughs> nice. Also, but, otherwise. But, uh, you know, other than that, like, to get back to it with, you know, if, you know, China and Russia had the same level of armor, you know, or they got better, say, hypothetically next week, then, you know, we would need a new rifle because, you know, 5.56 was originally designed to come out of a 20-inch M16 barrel, which is a fucking vibe check. That will go through, especially with the EPR round. That's yeah. going through level four, and that that's hurting. Um, but you know, we're not using the M16. You know, we're using for the conventional forces a 14.5. You know, soft. You know, you know, regiment SF. You know, Mark 18s with the URGI builds. Now you're looking anywhere from 10.5 through a 12.5, um, and you're losing that velocity on the range. But up close, still 5.56, five, up close, urban combat, it's vibe checking you. Um, yeah. yeah. The round still kills regardless. And, you know, that range is where the NGSW really comes in. So, you know, this program gets us ahead of the curve when, these en- when our enemies originally will get this body armor. Um, and in the need, the NGSW weapons are uh, what, uh, excuse me, as I was saying, uh, the NJSW weapon system are also currently only going right now the infantry, SF, and regiment. Um, so all the support units are still going to be rocking uh, M4s. Um, so M4s ain't going around. We have too many. That's a great contract. Um, that's going to take a long time to phase those out. So M4s are still going to be uh, rocking. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that, especially with the emergence of the uh, the tungsten yeah so rounds. those things are gnarly like firsthand use yeah, yeah use they do them. work yeah if you have if you can if you haven't got your hands on them you're a civilian you find a way when you smash a steel target with one of those there is a significant significant slap yeah. the chef's kiss, <laughs> the chef's kiss. <laughs> when that hits extra parmesan and then a quick thought to our listeners. Once you listen to this podcast, you know, uh, go on our uh, post about the podcast. And I want, I want you to comment with your answer. Is So we're going to move to this caliber. And that means our, you know, eventually 
if we move to it, the world kind of, you know, is going to be coming with us. Right. And if everyone starts moving to this caliber, is there a point to wearing body armor anymore? Because at that point, you're vibe checking up to a thousand yards through body armor, and it would rather be faster than slower. Uh, I think it's just going to, personally, I think it's going to constitute another arms race. I think at that point, body armor is going to have to become more effective, and it's just going to keep this shit going until everybody has uh, like ARs chambered in 408 Shaytag. <laughs> it's just going yeah, to so, keep going. Well, I think there's some honesty to that because you already see ARs that are chambered in some spicy rounds. And I'm not talking like Beowulf because stuff like that is a literal joke. But, yeah. you know, 450 Bushmaster, at least that's a semi-rated round. You know, there, there's stuff out there that can vibe check you and be semi-automatic. Yeah, you have the 6.5 Creedmoor in ARs now, the 6mm yeah. arc um, mm-hmm. yeah. in ARs now. I love that, by the way. That thing's sick. Even slower what rounds, is, like three fifty seven Raptor out of a bolt gun. You know, the, there's already so many ways to defeat body armor. I don't think it's going anywhere. You know? Yeah, I agree. I think it's just going to escalate. We're going to have uh, spider spider farms. Just going to be uh, <laughs> just do, weaving. Do you remember, uh, uh, do you remember future weapons with the dragon skin armor? The oh, dragon yeah. Skin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, the dragon yeah. skill. Whatever happened to that? That bull headed fuck, man. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just hit him with that fusro and fucking. Dragon scale is great, so, except that they found reference. that anything other than direct on or downward, it would just completely defeat the armor. So uh, if you had, if you were shooting yeah. at an upward angle, it would go between the Let's scales. Right and the like you were, yeah, you were wearing nothing at all. Uh, yeah. So next time you're uh, duking it out with a dragon over its treasure, just hit them straight on. Yeah, be a or man. hit them when they're flying. <laughs> then you can but, get under the scales. Right. Yeah. 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 But exactly what Bro Neil says, I'm about to get into uh, the weapon system here. It's it, it's not really a new design at all, which is also, um, you know, shows you know Sig's also not retarded. If they yeah. if you want to win this contract, the best thing was to not reinvent the wheel with mm-hmm. a platform that's already amazing. Yeah. And then yes. you sort of, the two other NGSWs, you know, they got the bullpup. Shout out to my boys. Which, <laughs> which, <laughs> which, gang. which wasn't going to happen because, you no. know, if you're a superior country, you just don't bullpup. You know, it's just a known fact. That's right. Even look at China. Right. They're getting away from their bullpup because they wanted to look like a Western nation. Ironically, their bullpup mm-hmm. is decent. Yeah. But anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> decent. <laughs> decent. Oh, um, bubbles. Yeah. Bubbles. Yeah, decent. Bubbles decent. But about, then as, about as decent as having a... Uh, a cat Airbnb with a bunch of sheds in your backyard. Mm. Decent. Decent. But <clears throat> I just want to give a little tidbit here on the testing, uh, not to go down that rabbit hole, but, you know, because if the Army actually recently changed how it does all its testing, and I'm I'm lucky now to get uh, a view behind that curtain of how it actually all works. Yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead and, uh, and enlighten uh, us as much as you can. So the uh, Army in all its wisdom realizes like contractors and the civilian programs within the DOD just lie to the program managers all the time. And program managers are lying because they need their boss to be happy. Everyone wants to get promoted. And these generals are realizing, you know what? These uh, defense, the military industrial complex is never going to tell us when shit sucks. So then they also went into, they got some technical experts into it. And then they're like, hey, technically this works. 
this is a it meets all the tech specs but then they had no military evaluators to be there to be like yep it will work when joe has that right you know good study before the marine corps got their current rucksack um which is a great rucksack i wish the army had it dude um, it is it's fantastic i have one and it's like yeah, because they yeah. learned because right before that, you know, they had a test with plastic frames to make a lighter rucksack. And then it was supposed to hold like 80 pounds, I think it was. And it met all the technical specifications. It got to the units and then, you know, down, especially you got the recon units, the infantry units or anyone who's going to the field for a certain amount of days. You overpack that to 100 plus pounds. Frames were breaking left and right. Yeah. And then they realized, oh, we need military evaluators. So the army on its whole thing made a whole new thing. That's why there's futures command coming in, which is supposed to fix a lot of the contractor uh, issues of how contractors won't talk to each other. They're supposed to fix it. They're still working on it. And then there's army testing evaluation command, which is now the independent evaluator for the army. So interesting. Which, which evaluation group did the, uh, did the trap bars that the army spent millions of dollars on? Uh, oh, like, yeah. Put ninety pounds on them. That uh, that one would have broke, <laughs> dude. That was so dumb. That happened that put two forty five plates on it. The handle snapped off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bad well job. That wasn't that wasn't where I'm at. But <laughs> so, oh, no joke, <laughs> no joke, guys. I actually like tested that. So there there were army evaluators for that. And uh, at the time, I was a bit of a machine, so I put as much weight on those as I could. And yeah, I went down and I went to come up. And as soon as I flexed my traps and got loaded up, and then I loaded up my my, my thighs, yeah, just fucking clink. Yeah, and <laughs> I thought I had I thought I had like broken my fucking arm or something because like you know you're applying all that force, and all of a sudden something gives. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> Roger that. I'll take your word for it. These guys are doing their due diligence and testing. But the, with that, with they that trap, listen. with the trap bar though, that was made by I'm not gonna say the company's name, but it's a well-known company that everyone lifts out in the gym, and they weigh they make amazing Olympic shit. They just thought they could get away with fucking doing a shitty job and making. Yeah, money. because it's the lowest bidder strategy, man. <laughs> like everybody tries to fuck the government. So then you know, you know I'm gonna. Uh, the ACFT, all that was a big proponent for Army Testing Eval Command to be like, hey, we are now an independent evaluator. Um, when they give, they have all the technical experts now, they have all the military evaluators. And when they're going up and they're working, they're like, hey, here's our report of this equipment. It sucks or it doesn't. And then you work with the company that's also doing it and be like, hey, you better be on our page because this is what we're given. So it forces that company to actually do their job. You know, that's the that's what I've been told is the whole, you know, goal behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they were working on the NGSW. So I'm hoping they did their due diligence and SIG makes great shit. So uh, it's kind of the hope. That's a fact. Uh, just to clarify for the audience, what is the uh, XM5 based on? So the XM5, you know, that is the rifle variant. It's pretty much the, it literally looks like the M4 platform. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a Sig Virtus. It's, it's made off. Yeah. It's yeah, the M4 platform. It's a Sig. It's the MCX. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the the recoil systems in the upper, just like the MCX. Yep. The lower and upper are connected by two pins, just like the MCX. It has the ability for a folding stock with a, a Picatinny rail in the rear. Yeah, it's a, it's an MCX it's, in it's six point eight. So yeah. yeah. 
what I'm curious about here, guys, is so I, I own an MCX, right? I've got an 11 and a half inch 556 variant and I love it. It's a beast. And one of the cool things about it is you can swap out that barrel for a 300 blackout barrel with uh, a couple like torque Allen keys. So I'm kind of wondering, are they going to push a 6.8 barrel? So what they did push, at least for the military, um, and they pushed out some of their civilian releases, is the 6.8, you can just swap out a barrel and go 6.5 Creedmoor or 7.62 NATO. They didn't say anything else. Yeah, so, so it's like a big It's because of the bolt. So yeah. you yeah. have to, in your MCX, you originally, you had to get a whole new bolt, whole new barrel. It, you you would need a new rifle. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, new magwell. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you're the, not. The case length is, li- like, the overall yeah. length of the 6.8, whatever it's called, yeah. is literally the same as uh, 308. Or, uh, yeah, 308. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, so, so it's more of a, a 30 cal platform yeah, just across the board. Yeah. So yeah. maybe nice. in the future you might see more thirty cal getting slammed through there. But yeah, so yeah, if you already have an MCX, sorry, you know, it's not getting the six, MCX. Yeah. And oh, if you have the MCX okay. Spear, the civilian version, uh, how much money do you have? Hit me up. I want to shoot it. And if you're waiting <laughs> for it, it's eight thousand dollars. If you want to get the civilian version, comes whoa, with a suppressor whoa, whoa, whoa. and an LPBO though. <laughs> Wait a minute. Eight grand for that thing? Eight grand. Shit. And that's if that's uh, what's put on the SIG website. But if you actually look where it's being sold, it's a lot more. And there's already people bought it and then already put it on for bidding. Oh, yeah. It's like the 2023 Forerunner, dude. That yeah. thing's going to get blown up so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's no <laughs> point. <laughs> but. Hey, the, the bring us back to, so I'm going to give a quick rundown on NGSW-R, a.k.a. the M- MCX Spear, a.k.a. the XM5, and then will be the M- M5 once it's adopted. Uh, so for I'm going to be rocking this off your standard infantry squad, off the Army, which is nine-man uh, squad. So yeah, it's sure. gonna, the Spear is going to replace every soldier, uh, the M4 that every soldier had. The M320 is now standalone and won't be attached on the weapon system. Um, so Grenadiers, if you're out there and you're listening, you got to get good with the standalone. So we already said it's chambered in this 6.8 by 51 Fury, uh, which is the military uh, version. Commercial version is the 277 Fury from SIG. Um, it's fed through a 20 round magazine. Uh, the rifle itself is all ambi, ambidextrous fire controls, continuous Picatinny rail on the top, M-lock, uh, M-lock mounts on the handguard. It's on the side and the bottoms. It's a two-stage match trigger. Six position adjustable stock. Uh, so you're getting all the new Gucci stuff that is coming out on AR-15 platforms. Uh, so the XM5, as Bro Neal's already hit it on, uh, uses a two position short stroke gas piston. Uh, we already said the bolt can shoot 6865 Creedmoor and 762 NATO. Um, and SIG, the big selling point with SIG is that the barrel can be swapped out on a level 10. So just your basic Joe soldier can swap it out, doesn't need an armor. Um, I don't see where we would do that. And that sounds like more like an ammo thing. Hey, we're out of 6.8. We're getting overrun by the Chinese. We got a shit ton of 7.6 nah, It's that's soft applications yeah. guaranteed because like you just get, if you, if basically if you want to convert that based on your mission set at that given time to a DMR platform, then you just load yeah. up that 6.5 and you know, you're, 
then you rock it. Yeah, yeah, but in, yeah. in that case, wouldn't you just want to have a completely separate upper that already has a zeroed optic on it? So, interestingly enough, if they rock the LPVO on it with the 1x8, it kind of satisfies that, um, at least need, unless you're, because your DMR platforms, you know, you basically need about an 8x tops anyhow. At that point, you're reaching. So, it, I don't it, know, man, and SIG it, claims it holds zero, like damn near. Between, between barrel changes? Yeah, that's what they claim, which I haven't tested that because I haven't been able to get my hands on the 300 blackout. That's uh, going to be some tight, tight machining tolerances for that. <laughs> yeah, Good dude. On them if they're able to do a barrel. So I know LMT does a version of that where it's, I think it's like two Allen keys. Yeah. They include yeah. their own torque wrench for that. Yeah. It's like a torque wrench that does those two bolts and that's it. Like it's mm-hmm. nuts. Um, yeah. So I can, I guess I can see it, but. Damn, that's that's hella impressive. Good on you, Sig. Yeah, I'm with and, you. Yeah. And it's it's pretty good that it said like it just can be basically done by, you know, Joe, Joe and Josephine on the line, you know, boom, getting it done. Josephine. Joseph, hey, we're all <laughs> inclusive now. Joe and Josephine, right? I would have gone with Jolene just so we could sing that song together, but <laughs> except when it comes to PT tests. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be another podcast again. <laughs> But uh, with uh, NGSW, the spear here, uh, other thing has a non-reciprocating charging handle on the left side. So that helps with your the leverage issue that the uh, plague the M4, which is like you're talking at this point of shit froze. So the Arctic forces, that leverage or that uh, um, charging handle actually is able to it helps you break the ice and be able to rock uh, rack the bolt. Um, which helps helps with that. And then the big thing is, you know, the barrel the barrel's only 13 inches long, so one and a half inches shorter than the conventional forces uh, M4. And the overall weapon would be 34.1 inches long, and it comes in around uh, 8.3 pounds with the mag inserted but empty. Um, <clears throat> so the 277 Fury, aka the 6.8, either one works. Uh, coming out, the 13-inch barrel will have around 2,820 FPS. The program said it's supposed to be 3,000 FPS. You know, there's maybe some tweaks with the military version of the round that get there. But I just I just took that from the 277 civilian uh, commercial. So you're yeah. getting that much FPS out of 13-inch barrel hitting with 2,694 foot-pounds muzzling energy. That's that kind of wild. Yeah, and that that's the one thing looking at, like, hey, like, Looking at that, it's like, yes, we can get a new weapon system now because it is coming out with so much fucking heat and smashing very hard uh, on the target. And then the effective range uh, can go all the way out to 1,200 meters. You know, at this point, you're talking about the systems limited by the shooter and the optic um, with this round. And that's that's because of the round, not just the weapons. That's the round. That's what the 6.8 brings to the fight. Is that range and that velocity and that power? I wonder now, what the drop is at that that range, though. Uh, they, I, it is very. Uh, I was looking at. Uh, it's very similar to a six. It's better than the six five ballistic coefficient, but it really it kind of it follows the same path. Damn. Um, there's a chart. I would have to get it up. I'll probably throw it in our Instagram post. Yeah. Um, you can see uh, it has a better trajectory and it drops. Uh, the 6.5 starts dropping before the 6.8, uh, but they're pretty close. 
you know, so that's the closest you're probably going to get. And to compare all this with your M4, you know, it shoots five, uh, five, five, six. It's 33 inches uh, long with the stock fully extended. You're talking at 7.74 pounds with an empty mag. So that's, you know, it's a little bit uh, lighter. But then again, we got to talk on the, you got the Vortex scope, which Bernil's going to get into as heavy. You got all these accessories that get added on. Your rifle gets heavy yeah. really quick regardless. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a 14.5 inch barrel. It's gas operated. Um, the max range, the max effective range, you're talking anywhere from 500 to 600 meters, which is pretty big because we have optics that can hit that no problem. It's not limited by the optic, limited by the shooter, uh, but it's actual power at that range. At that point, you're getting diminishing returns on the 5.56 platform. And right. to compare and to compare the rounds for the muzzle velocity of the, e, the EPR round, which is the M855 uh, Alpha 1, it's coming out at 2,970 feet per second. So we are we're up there the same um, FPS with the 277 Fury, but yeah. it's only hitting with 1,325 feet pounds compared okay. to the 277, which is 2,694 foot pounds. So you're looking at a thousand more plus pounds of energy hitting the target. At what range? That. Do you know? So no, that was just it's general test uh, on the range. So that was the max effective range for the uh, M4 for that one. For the 277 Fury, that was just the general, hey, this is what it's going to be hitting with um, on that. But no, yeah. not to, you're still going to get diminishing returns with range. But the big thing with the 277 Fury is that it's going to hit with that power. That's uh, big, man. Yeah, that... it's, it's supposed to hit with that power at 600 to 700 meters yeah. in the engagements in Afghanistan. Yep. You know, I think the real reason why they're doing this is it's a bigger round with a bigger casing. And uh, for all you active duty folks out there, uh, it's going to make your police calls of the range a lot easier when you have to pick up 99% of your breaths. I can almost guarantee you, because SIG is brilliant, that somebody in their organization listed that out as a strength. <laughs> I wish that they made the case in just biodegradable. So it's like, Oh no, you don't have to police call it. <laughs> they made a biodegradable garrison round. And then it's the real round for over there. Hey, who gets a fuck? You'd still have to pick them up so you can put them in a barrel for them to biodegrade. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. <laughs> that is exactly yeah. how that would go down. <laughs> and plus they need this. So Sergeant majors have a job. If you're a Sergeant major and you're listening. Uh, I'm sorry, but your job is worthless. I am not sorry. And your job is worthless. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, they go on to the NGSW AR, aka the LMG68, aka the XM250, aka the M250. It's the uh, all the all the names that you can go on Google and get so many different pages. But it's replacing the saw. So it's the big boy for uh, for Sig. Um, and big thing, same thing with Sig. You know what they did the spear. It's like their MCX, and they make it very similar to the M4 platform. Uh, same thing that Sig did with this, very similar to the M249 platform. Um, you know, it fires the same round as a spear, but you got slightly more uh, muzzle velocity and range. You know, it has a longer barrel. Um, <clears throat> you know, and the big, biggest thing with this, there's great videos on YouTube, so I highly recommend if you're listening. Go on there, throw it on YouTube. You can actually see uh, both these weapon systems, but more this one being used because it's machine gun, they're fun to see. But they really, Sig goes into depth in their videos. But the overall length is 41.14 inches. The barrel length is 18.31. Uh, 
the empty weight, 16.2 pounds. Uh, it's gas-operated open bolt weapon system. Ambidextrous, ambidextrous controls. That's a change from the 249. Has the built-in bipod like the 249 and that full-length Picatinny rail with the M-Lock handguard. So if you use the, the saw before, it's annoying to mount stuff. It doesn't have those full rails. They added some up front. They it's tried got to make the it. cheese grater on yeah. the older ones too. That yeah, they got a lot of. It, it's a lot more annoying to mount. So they made sure that this weapon can mount a bunch of optics and a bunch of accessories. And with all those mounting points, it's kind of future proof. Also, I say, but you know, until something crazy comes out. Um, <clears throat> so one of the most notable features uh, on this is actually how you reload it, how the belt is fed. So if you used to saw the M240 before, you know you got to pick up the whole feed tray. You know, it's six, eight, well, six to nine inches long. It usually has your optic on it, so you're flipping this up. It can be heavy. Uh, what are you What are you describing? The feed tray for the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> got him. Got, got him. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Carry on, Yeti. I'm sorry. Oh, I just saw yeah. an opportunity. You got, got to get it when you can. <laughs> but the biggest thing with that feed trace, you flip it up, you can uh, knock off your zero, um, which is, you know, it's if you do it enough, you shoot it enough. You keep flipping it, you can knock off zero, and you got to re-zero it. Not a problem, but it's just more of an annoyance. Um, and then if you're working in a tight overhead space, flipping that whole tray up, it can uh, get annoying, get tight, get caught on stuff. So instead of having that and those YouTube videos show, there's just a small section that's in front of the optic. So you're no longer flipping up the optic. It's a little bit uh, larger than the round itself. You can flip that up. You clear it just like you clear a solid 240. Pull the bolt in, flip that little section down, you know, and uh, lock and load, and you're good to go. Or SIG made it that you can literally just pull the belt through. You don't even have to open it up. So you can put the bolt on there. It has a little clip. You pull it through, and then you just lock and load, and you can just start shooting. Uh, they, they have a great video where they're showing their – replacement for the m240 with a shoots 338 normal mag which is a huge bullet but it's the same uh weapon system and also xm uh 250 yeah. quick change barrel um so has has all that yeah as come yeah as compared to the saw big things to point out saws you know close to 18 pounds 17.95 pounds unloaded so we're saving about a pound uh, and its max effective range is 800 meters compared you know to the Compared oh, to, no, go ahead. Yeah, compared to the XM250, or now it's going to be the M250, it's the same thing as a 6.8. So you're pushing that 1,000 meters plus um, and hitting with all that power that the saw wasn't hitting with. So referencing that, I do want to <laughs> have a little moment to share um, today's Instagram stupidity. When I was digging around, I was kind of looking at pictures of this platform just to kind of look at the details and, and see if there's anything that looked funky. And uh, I think the comments on all these posts were about 50-50 between they're making armor piercing rounds because they're going to kill all of us civilians with plate carriers to uh, people saying like, oh, well, PT standards are going down, yet we're running around with heavier weapons platforms. And... <laughs> You know, that, that seemed to be like this deep think moment for some people uh, when actually, and I, and I would say, you know, from personal experience, MCX is a little, little heavy, but from a squad automatic weapon standpoint, 
it's good to see that this is actually lower weight because surprisingly they made a new squat like automatic you no know, a machine gun that's lighter one yeah one big takeaway i see for this um is that so a lot of times what the military is doing so you know all these you know so right sig obviously builds stuff for the military and they build stuff for the civilian market as well and most gun manufacturers that have military contracts also do stuff for the civilian market as they're transitioning their manufacturing and their lines um, to build these weapons, one thing that I would point out that I see is uh, the migration to MLOC. And so what the military is doing is gonna drive a lot of the civilian market. So I'd say if you've got ARs with Picatinny rails and you don't have the accessories that you want for it yet, I'd get them sooner than later because I have a feeling Picatinny accessories, not not optic mounts, but those are going to go by the wayside in the next couple of years. What about yeah. my key mod? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's a perfect example. That took one yeah. paper, right? That took yeah. one publishing from, what was it? Like the special warfare guys came out and said that they did a drop test with key mod and it yielded. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's really not that great. M-Lock's better. And then the internet took it and they were like, you guys hear this? They said that, that key mod shit. Yeah. they're like no we didn't yeah. say it we just said that it yielded in this one like, test and everyone's like oh i'm locked for life it's like oh jesus christ guy like on the <laughs> on last week's episode of seal team on uh nbc i happened to notice uh that they're all rocking <laughs> sig verdi which is uh plural for vertices with, uh, <laughs> did you M-Lock. read that new navy seal book that came out yesterday and today yeah it's called <laughs> i love m lock Oh man! Yeah. Sorry, we're just you know we we love being a part of the gun community, but sometimes you guys are real fucking dumb. I do want to do a quick shout out though to uh, Granthon's uh, Unreal Test about pistols and the M and P. Fucking crushed it, baby! Yeti, fucking crushed it, You can't hijack this podcast. Talk about your dumpster gun. All right. Yeah, clearly not dumpster. When the skimwalker's coming, your shit's frozen. Yeti, please help me. My Gucci clock can't kill him. And I'm gonna look at you. you shouldn't have made fun of me. And I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna shoot you in the leg yeah. and walk away. Plot twist, Yeti. My MCX never stopped. Yeah. Oh. Oh, to bring us back, let's bring it back in. Yeah, yeah, and then we're gonna close out the NGSW, at least the weapon system itself. We can't forget. Yeah, it's all about the suppressor. If anyone here has the old school first sergeant or sergeant major, you know, when they, I joined it in the '90s, you got to hear the thunder of battle. You know, they're all against the suppressor. Uh, I got this yeah. speech once. It's like, dude, if they don't know where they're getting shot from, they don't know what to fucking do. When you're shooting up loud, they know where you're coming from. Well, good news is Yeti that they have a month dedicated to people like that now. What's the month called? I don't. Something awareness. Demonetized. It's a legitimate thing, and I'm glad it's there. But yeah, they fall under that category because these these people rode in the bus that wasn't as long as the others. <laughs> yes. Yes. Figuratively. <laughs> figuratively. Yes. Um, hopefully, those guys are pushed out of the army soon. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the SIG, they're using a new SLX suppressor, and just like the Spear, you can buy it as a civilian commercially. Uh, 
and you can buy that you know test it out see how it is but so the weight of it is 8.8 ounces to 19.4 ounces depending on the variant uh that you get and then sig claims and this is a big one that they reduce gas blowback by 70 to 80 percent yeah amazing if you shoot suppressed, you know how bad that eye sting can be? It's literally the worst bonfire smoke in your fucking eyes that you've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. And so if you know they if it's 70, 80 percent, uh especially with the uh the spear platform that has eighty thousand PSI in it for each round or wow. something like something close to that, that's a lot of fucking <laughs> yeah. gas. It's a lot of juice. So then they need to be able to do that. And also apparently has great flash uh, reduction as well. Um, and it's fully auto rated, of course, because it will be on the 250. So these weapon systems are both suppressed. Wow. For, so, the, you know, the infantry SF regiment, they're going full on suppressed now. And then they're looking, you know, yeah. prize SIG's going to get the 240 contract, throwing it out there, calling it now. You heard it from Yeti first. And that shit's going to be a suppressed 30, the 338 normal mag. That is a fucking insane round. Oh my God. <laughs> like a 338 yeah. normal mag suppressed. First off, that thing's not going to be quiet. That is, no, <laughs> no. The suppressor is just for show. That is a massive fucking round. That, but that'll be a future podcast. All right. Can't, can't All right. That. Everybody, write that down. Break out your little post it notes. Put it on your forehead. Yeti called it. Yeah, but man, yeah, that's you know what do you guys think about that? That you know the weapon systems gonna be good, might not be good. It better be good, but yeah, I think Sig Sig makes good stuff, so I think we're gonna have a great weapon system. Yeah, I agree, I agree, and thanks for that rundown, man. I mean, there's a lot of stats, there are a lot of numbers, but that's ultimately what it's all about. It's about weight, barrel length, and ballistics. Those are really the three things. Oh, four, I guess, in costs, which. You know, SIG is expensive, but at the end of the day, when it hits the fan, you don't want some cheap shit in your hand. That's why you don't buy an M&P. There you go, Yeti. I got you back. I got you back. Well, hopefully okay. the SIG MCX is first time in combat. It's not like the M16 for the first time when they're like, oh, my God, this doesn't have a forward assist yet. Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, uh, good news is it's already been in combat, and it did a lot of schwacking. So. All right, anyhow, um, I just want to point out, you know, on this podcast, we've talked about SIG quite a bit because I'm not going to say fanboys because that kind of lowers the uh, ethos of your opinion, but we are definitely SIG fans. You know, SIG has produced quality weapons for a long time now. Their rifles have been fantastic. Um, I don't even know how many SIGs this team has collectively, but it's a lot. And, and that's for a reason, you know, we, we've been around the Daniel defense, which I'd say they're a close second, uh, Colt FN, all these different platforms. And, and honestly, I mean, SIG has routinely and consistently produced great firearms. So with that being said, I just want to appreciate how genius this move is on their part. So they took a extremely rugged MCX platform that we've talked about that's proven in the field with tier one teams for several years now. And then they went and they upsized it utilizing a cartridge that they designed and made it with a vortex optic with a company that they have a partnership with to my understanding. 
and then just crapped on the two small-time competitors that also went out to test that just didn't have the backing and just just owned it with actually good weapons. Like, actually good. Like, that's genius. It's super smart. You know, a couple years back, SIG announced that they want to be a total supplier of everything that you need to go shoot. And that included ammo, that included optics. And, you know, they pushed their BDX reticle setup uh, a couple years back. And we're actually seeing this technology uh, entering the battlefield now, which is really interesting. So, you know, hats off to them. It's a smart move, whether you like the weapons or not. It's brilliant. And uh, Bro Neil, why don't you tell us a little bit more about this optic? Because it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's a super cool optic. Um, I mean, like you said, I, I just want to touch on that. SIG's doing it. You know, they got training in-house now. They have ranges. They have, you know, ammo that they produce. They, they're they doing it. They're the apple of the firearms world these days. Uh, they're selling, you know, their pistols with their own optics. Um, and you walk out with a box of their own ammo. It's It's the... It's cool that they're building this little ecosystem. Um, I mean, they obviously won that M7 key, M17 contract over Glock um, and whoever else was still in the running. Um, but the Vortex XM157, um, it's, it's something that we know and love. I mean, I can assume probably half the people on this team are running LPBOs. We did an optics talk not long ago. What was that? Like a year ago. And it turned out like half of us were rocking LPBOs or we're talking about getting LPBOs. Um, it's, it's a vortex LPBO. It's, it's a one to eight, which I know a lot of people love. Um, so it's that, but a computer. Now they claim that this weighs less than a traditional LPBO that has a laser range finder. Um, that has a mount. I, I'm not going to say that they're lying here, but it's, it's impressive once you hear what this thing's packing. Um, now this is the LPVO, all the computers and the mount are all integrated into one. Um, so it's an LPVO with etched glass. And I'm sure it looks phenomenal because Vortex does a great job. Uh, and as previously mentioned, this has laser range finding built in. It's got a ballistic solver built in. Uh, environmental sensors, which I'm sure I, I'm sure things like barometric pressure and temperature, maybe a humidity sensor as well. Um, it says an aiming laser. I haven't gone too deep into that. I don't know if it's more than a laser range finder. I don't know if it does anything fun. Uh, digital compass and then wireless communication to provide seamless connectivity on the battlefield. And, and I thought that was interesting. Uh, I looked into it, and what they're sporting is what Vortex likes to call their active reticle system. They're saying that it, it pushes this digitally, digitally displayed image onto the first focal plane. And it will show you, that's where it's going to show you ballistic drops. It can show you different reticle shapes and sizes, um, which is something that I played around with on one of SIG's in-house optics. It's, a, it's basically like a micro-thermal. Uh, it can do... White hot, black hot, it can do color thermal, it can do a blend. Um, and this is back in 2014, 2015. So this is, what, seven years ago they had this kind of stuff. And you can also upload your own reticles to it. So you can design a reticle in like a PNG editor and then upload it to the, to the, the optic, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, 
but it also shows you waypoints, uh, previously ID'd threats, and even fields of fire through the optic. Now, as Yeti mentioned wow. earlier, you know this stuff's in testing, right? So it's going to get beat around, and I really hope it does get beat around and handed to someone other than SF. You know, I, I really hope it does get its chance to get it. It, it goes the basic Joe. Good. It, it goes the basic Joe uh, majority of the time. Thank God. For testing, because they this, break it. <laughs> if anyone can. Um, there's a lot to be said about keeping it simple, you know. But the other side of the coin is that it's called the next-gen weapon system for a reason. Um, things are ever-changing. I mean, if we look at what's going on in Ukraine, as Woods mentioned earlier, uh, you know, body armor, question mark, but also there's a huge amount of electronics warfare going on. Uh, when Elon Musk said that, hey, we're going to give you guys some Starlink satellites and we'll tell you how to power them on so they can't be all that well-traced. Um, it was days before uh, Russia started hitting them with jamming and it was wide scale jamming. And the team at SpaceX said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to fix this. And they pushed a patch over the air to get around a nation's jamming effort. Like that's absolutely insane to see an OTA update yeah. negate EW. Right, like electronics yeah. warfare is like is this big bubble that a lot of people don't even want to look into because it's like too in depth. But if you just look at it that way, like it's it's crazy. It's constantly evolving. So, yeah, it's cool to see this stuff start to get, you know, brought in. But it does open another vector. Um, yeah, it does. You know, what if your optic is now telling you that there's a friendly field of fire in the area, but it's, you know, either a spoof location that's leading you to an ambush or it's masking a known enemy location. Yeah, exactly. And if it, if this is something that attaches to like ATAC, then I can see how it would be a, a huge powerhouse to be able to integrate all that information that's coming from drone feeds, that's coming from you know, people analyzing those drone feeds and feeding real live information to you. Uh, I can see that being a game changer, but like I said, it's, I don't know, it uh, seems kind of sketchy, but also yeah. how long do you think it's going to take for the, you know, the <laughs> ill-minded, if you will, to uh, upload their own reticles to it? Cause like I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be oh, at yeah. least like four or five dongers as radicals. I was thinking uh, just, faces. I'm sure when the TM comes out, there's going to be something that does it. And they're Joe, Joe's going to do Joe things. Yeah. And they're going to do something like that. No, 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 yeah, no. Exactly. You're holding too high. He got to aim right at the semen splotch, not above it. When it's at 50 yards, it has to be on the ball sack. When it's a hundred yards, it's on the middle vein. You can see yeah, where you it's see thick that right there. It's, it's already, it's some detailed now. reticles, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, so, it has pubes too. <laughs> oh god, yet he's not even a marine. Listen to him. So I'm not sure how I feel about that optic. I'll be honest. Like on one hand, super cool. Uh, it seems like it works SIG's BDX capability in there a little bit with their uh, ballistic correction, which is pretty sweet. Um, almost bought one a couple years back. That's how sweet it is. <laughs> but but here's the peril, folks, and, and this is where I'm really wary about us providing the best technological advantage. 
uh, to our conventional troops. And, and it sounds weird, but you know, the, the skepticism is, is warranted because based on my own experience, the army's marksmanship program sucks. It has been shit for years and I'm hoping there comes a day when it's not shit any longer. Uh, but I haven't quite seen that yet. Like unless you grow up shooting and you own your own weapons, you're probably going to just suck. Like you need that yeah. background experience or else, I mean, our average NCO can't shoot for shit anyhow. And they're out there trying to teach these privates how to shoot. And it's just the blind leading the blind. So for me, that is more important than a weapon system, right? Getting that proper training and, uh, you know, in a world where soldiers have to read about, uh, whatever the heck this white rage book is and, uh, get squad leaders to sign off on the PSI of their tires of their personal vehicles. I really think that the army has lost that attachment to their true purpose. Um, you know, the army's purpose is to close with and destroy the enemy. That's, that's been the purpose of any military throughout history, all the way back to the first military was, uh, three dudes with clubs, you know, it, it's just, it's always been true. And I, I think that this general tiny heart syndrome that's going around and this woke propaganda has really deviated the military away from training for the task that they are assigned which you don't defend the nation via pillow fight, right? Like you're out there to kill the enemy. That's what you do. So that's what you should be training for. So keeping that in mind, I mean, if that optic is implemented alongside actually good marksmanship instruction, so that a soldier can still rock a tiger, a, a tiger, rock a tiger, uh, maybe can definitely, rock, in, can in definitely India, rock a tiger with that round. Yeah. If you're patrolling in India, wear a mask on the back of your head. The tiger will think you're looking at it. Anyhow, if you got to rock a target, there we go, with backup irons at three to 500 meters, you know, then that's a good thing. Um, we've got to make sure that our, our guys are maintaining those core principles of marksmanship and not relying too much on a piece of technology that will not last an EMP strike. Yeah, and that the big thing to bring up with that um, is, and I was looking at all new technologies coming out, as uh, Minus was saying, is how is that all going to be combined? So I know there's been stuff released with the EN, the, was it the next generation MVGs uh, coming out? Uh, you got IVAS uh, coming out. I'm just curious how all that's going to look because IVAS takes up your whole face. You're not going to get a a cheek weld on that and then the next generation uh, mvgs look pretty cool but they want ivas to take over so are those going to get pushed into ivas and there's going to be a lot of technology uh coming down and it's also supposed to be connected in the scope and it's a lot to think about i just don't know how well that's going to happen um especially as you know microsoft their ivas keeps on pushing um that way but uh where that's gonna be down the road uh we'll figure it out but i think the biggest thing to get in now instead of talking about you know the technology piece is you know digging in to more about the 68 fury and 277 because though the government 
wanted a weapon system designed uh, around the uh, around the round itself, the bullet, similar to the A-10. They had the gun and like built a plane around it. Same thing. This he said, "Here's the round. Build a gun around it." And that's what's exactly. about. So, bro, bro, Neon, though, you got you dug a lot more deep into that than I did. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you hit on a lot of it, right? It, what they wanted was they they came to it looking for armor penetration, right? And I'm not talking, you know, penetrating whatever steel armor is on a vehicle, um, but worn body armor penetration was the key goal here, and they absolutely knocked it out of the, the park i mean you know is this 6.8 new yeah it's uh it's not really anything that's been seen before um does that make it inherently sexy yeah uh you know people are gonna say it's close to 308 and i agree um but you know it's not new it doesn't make it the best uh but let's talk about what's a little bit new here um, I want to touch on Sammy. Uh, so for those that listen and haven't heard, I, I threw it around earlier. Uh, Sammy is the Sporting Arms and Ammunition Manufacturers Institute. They've been around since the mid-1920s. Uh, I almost said mid-20s in my notes, and I was like, wait, we're almost in the mid-20s right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, mid-1920s, they've been around almost, well, yeah, just about 100 years. Um, and they develop, publish these standards for firearms, barrels, ammo, you name it, right? That's why I was mentioning that um, out of 458 SOCOM, 450 Bushmaster, and 50 Beowulf, which are all like uh, larger AR rounds, you could call them, because they fit in uh, the same footprint of a Stanag mag. So they don't, they don't need a larger receiver like an AR-10 platform. Um, the only one out of those rounds that's Sammy rated is the 450 Bushmaster. Um, so there, there is a bit of weight around that, especially when it comes to reliably shooting. Um, but I'm, I'm getting in, in the weeds here, and I'm, I'm sure some of you are already saying, you know, what's, what does that have to do with the price of bananas? Um, up until this weapon, the highest pressure rating that they approved was 66,000 psi chamber pressure. Um, the chamber pressure of this round is 80,000 PSI. So this is Bubba's pissing hot hand loads, boys. Like this is... That's a lot of damage. Yeah, that's a lot of damage. To the um, BCG. <laughs> yeah, to all of the internals. Um, definitely makes sense why they went with piston for that. Um, I can only imagine the amount of gas and the pressure of that gas that's coming out. Uh, so... Being able to control that as much as you can is definitely a point in SIG's, uh, SIG's net, so to speak. Um, for reference, 50 BMG is around 55,000 PSI. 5.56 is 62,000, but we all know that's a ripping hot little load. Uh, vibe check. 7.62, yeah, little vibe check. Um, 7.62 NATO is around 60,000 PSI flat for the chamber pressure. Um, once this stuff really comes to market, then I'm sure that there's going to be a whole bunch of manufacturers hopping on board. I mean, I'm sure that we'll see, you know, the Russians start manufacturing something. Um, but as of right now, it looks like I believe Norma and Sega are going to be the only two making this ammo, 
which makes sense because it's not just it's not just the the head of the bullet that's really uh, new here. Right. They have this um, bonded case that they call it, um, which seems to be a mixture of steel and brass. Um, and looking by the design of it, if you look at the back end, the the rear of the the round itself that that holds the uh, primer there, it looks like it's it's shaped to hold up to a higher blast than brass could. So it seems that they might have had issues there uh, in their testing, getting it up to this 80,000 PSI chamber pressure, which is absolutely insane. Um, so it's not just, like I said, it's not just the bullet that they redesigned here. The, the case is new, uh, which I know it's not that sexy polymer case that they were looking for because they were trying to lighten the load the most they could, but it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, it is. 100, 150 grain is what they're looking at. There's also going to be a 135 grain variant of it. Um, but right now, what they've tested is a 135. They're calling it a hybrid match. Um, the velocity at the muzzle was 3,000 feet per second even. Yeah. Uh, with that 2694 foot pounds energy that we talked about earlier. And that's out of a 16 inch barrel. So you're not going to be Damn. seeing those exact numbers out of this platform. But it does shed some light on to, you know, <laughs> what's going to be going on here. Yeah, that's a lot. And kind of makes sense when you coalesce that over with what Yeti talked about with the SLX suppressor. Mm-hmm. Reducing that, that gas blowback because you're going to have so much more pressure. Yeah. It's got to go somewhere. And if obviously the mix of that suppressor that has that design in it to mitigate the gas, but yeah. also having a piston system is right. It, it's going to make it shootable. Yeah. Whereas exactly. if this was that, that brings, engagement, it would not happen. That brings yeah. up an interesting question with SLX suppressor. If anyone out there, you're listening, you have it, you know, give us the answer with that much pressure, pretty much coming out of the front of the barrel now, because that yeah. suppressor, they're getting rid of flash signature, but what's the environmental signature? Because if you're around a bunch of sand, dust, and like you shoot and all that goes up, you're displacing a lot of air. Yeah, you're displacing yeah. a lot of air, and you're also displacing your vision through that Gucci optic. So <laughs> my guess is that they probably have it just directed straight forward, similar to the Surefire Warden mm-hmm. that we've done some testing with it, to eliminate it does that have as well. Open baffles in the front um, yeah. to, to try and push that out. Now I. I've been looking into their SLX line, um, and I don't want to speak too much on them because I don't know them all that well, but it does. I don't know if SLX is the, the way that they grabbed that name is from the, uh, the way that it's made or what it really means, but it, it almost looks like it's a sintered metal uh, suppressor, but I'd have to dive more into the suppressor itself. Um, one thing that I want to note is I've heard the conversation come up where people are like, oh, well, you know, it's close enough to 308. I can just take my, you know, insert bolt action and rechamber it for this new sexy round. It's like, no, because uh, no. <laughs> that sounds like a really great way to completely obliterate yourself. Like, if you put this into Hold an old... Yeah, I, uh, I lost connection. Oh. All right. Well, I still see the. Uh, we were at a minute three. Minute three oh eight. Yeah, minute yeah. three. Hour three. Well, I'm saying a minute three. Hour three. 
Okay. Yeah, no problem. I got that. Yeah, I came back. I keep trying to fucking stir my turkey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, uh, it's shown recording here. Yeah. yeah. The recording never stopped. All right. Well, whatever. I'll just edit everything else out then. Well, it says so an hour three. Yeah, hour three. Yeah, hour three and eight seconds. Yeah, I think it was 47. before that for me, but yeah, okay. I, I saw you walk up to your desk, and I yeah, saw you, you walk up down. to the desk. You I saw walk. you reach down, and then that's when it went. Okay, got it. All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. All right, all right boys. Um, um, sorry about that. No, no worries at all. I can just jump right into what I was saying. Uh, four thirty. We'll go at four thirty. Twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. We'll go at four thirty. Yeah, and then we'll get this one wrapped up. Yeah. You can stir oh. my turkey. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, this is not going to be the thing that you want to take, you know, some old hunting rifle that you have or even a modern like Remington 700. Ah, I wouldn't buy a modern Remington 700. Their QD or their uh, quality control is just trash. Well, um, it's because they uh, paid all that money out to uh, yeah, that's Sandy Hook and bullshit. That's because yeah. they got bought. Anyways, um, yep. you don't want to do that because this is not the 60,000 PSI that that barrel um, can hold up to, or not even the barrel that I'm concerned about, but the, the bolt, you know, if you slap this round into an otherwise conventional weapon, that's been rebarreled, um, who knows if the lugs on that bolt are going to hold up. I mean, you could end up with the whole bolt in your shoulder and no one, no one wants that. No one's looking for that to happen. Uh, so this is definitely something new. This is not, uh, (laughs) not something to be messed with. It's a lot of, a lot of pissies in there. A lot of PSI. Yeah, please. Safety announcement. Don't put this in your... This You actually got to buy something that's designed to take this round. Or you're actually probably going to... You know, you might survive and there's a high chance you might have your, your bolt go straight through your eye into your brain. Yeah, you're, you're going to do the old bathtub toaster real quick. <laughs> yeah, we're talking serious pressure. Like, insane. Like, to put it in perspective... If you had like a needle pinhole, like break and say a, a water balloon that came out at 80,000 PSI, <laughs> it would just cut your leg off like a lightsaber. Clean. Yeah. Like you, you wouldn't yeah. even feel pain. Yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> like that's, I don't mess around with hydraulics for that reason. But yeah, anyways, exactly. You know, we can talk calibers, we can talk chamber pressures, but it's not just the math that goes into it. There's a lot, a lot of things like existing uh, platforms, uh, existing stockpiles. So if you had to pick one caliber, Yeti, where do you think you'd land? So me looking at the, I looked at the viewpoint as the military now and kind of NATO now, if it was used for war, uh, I would have just chose the 7.62 NATO. Good old old faithful. Uh, the round already exists. We got plenty of it. We know it smashes through armor. Um, it has yeah. the range, and it's you know it's the lower PSI. You don't really got to make a whole new weapon system around it. Right. And I know, especially if three hundred eight, you know, 
barrel now people are like but the barrel length needs to be 18 to 20 inches what are you talking about <laughs> loser if the army spent these millions of dollars to get you know, six eight through a 13 inch barrel they probably could have spent half that to get seven six two through the 13 inch barrel at that velocity yep. and yeah but it, then how would the military industrial complex make money ah yeah exactly true i didn't fact that into this yeah Fuck, I would just fucking eat myself on my the second floor real quick. So yeah, I would, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me build a three hundred eight with this round. I'm, <laughs> I'm with Yeti, honestly, because and I'm uh, I'm definitely a big fan of five five six, but just that seven six two is available and it's proven, mm-hmm. and and that's the, the big thing is that whoever we're fighting against is probably going to have that round. So we're still point, using it too. Foresight. I- off of your your enemies that you uh, deal yeah. with, and yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, I, you know, personally, I'd like to see an AR chambered in forty five seventy, but I don't think I'm going to see that. <laughs> oh, that would be a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I had a perfect world, if I can get that velocity of a three hundred Win Mag off a thirteen inch barrel and it was comfortable, uh, yeah, I'd be <laughs> shooting three hundred Win Mags all day. <laughs> but, but since my bank account, down. my bank account would be zero, my shoulder would be gone, and <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah, um, since physics are a thing, I yeah. understand why they uh, they went to this new platform, something that can handle this pressure, so that they can get their you know those target velocities that they were looking at out of such a short barrel. Um, so i I think it would have been easier for NATO partners to adopt a new seven six two being you know a main battle rifle instead of just a DMR. With that being said. Um, you know, like like you guys said, I understand why they made the choices that they did, but seven six two NATO would have been easier to adopt. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, the joke about when they were spending millions and millions of dollars on testing to find the next pistol, and I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Odierno, might have been Millie actually, which is unfortunate because he turned out to be such a puss, but. Uh, he mentioned just taking that money and going to uh, Bass Pro, <laughs> just buying the army a shitload of Glocks or MPs, you know, whatever. Like it, the point was, is they spent all this money on development for something that already exists and it's available. Yeah. So. And if you look at like the option that Glock threw out there, they're like, oh, this meets your criteria. And it was like a 19 with the grip frame of a 17. It's like, who in their right mind wants that? Yeah, I know. I almost cut like, down my 17 to have the opposite. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's what everyone wanted was 15 rounds and, and a nice concealable grip. But, A, yeah, exactly. whatever. That's, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, a well, you People got to get their money. Everyone's got to get their yep. fight. I shot 500,000 rounds through the M17 to get the first malfunction. Promote me. I could have watched YouTube videos and seen that. Like, yeah, there's a guy doing a mag dump on his 320. Guess what? It's the same thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's cool that we're all in agreement on that. Really, um, we were going to go down through like good, bad, and the ugly with calibers. Um, I'm just going to do one caliber. Two, two, three. Bronial, go. I don't see an issue with two, two, three. I. I go back and forth on the whole two, two, three, five, five, six conversation. Cause I think it's garbage. Um, 
I've never seen a two two three rifle that can't hit the pressures of a five five six. But hey, Sammy exists for a reason. I should probably listen to them. Um, yeah, yeah. The first gun I ever bought, I probably talked about it here, is uh, is a Remington seven hundred chambered in two two three. It's quite possibly the most useless rifle in the entire planet, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I plan on rebarreling that to 300 blackout, which I could argue is another useless caliber. But yeah, at I least think it's, it's got quiet. its place. Yeah, yeah, at least it's quiet. I think it's got its place. You know, I think okay. I think there's nothing nothing wrong with two two three five five six. I think it, um, you know, if it leaves at least a 13 inch barrel, I think you're going to see decent enough penetration. It's not going to defeat armor, but you know, it is what it is. It's not, you know, it's not a 30 cal, you know, it's not a, a beefy boy, but it, I think it's got its place because you can stack those rounds into a magazine and still have, you know, all the maneuverability and you get 30 rounds. It's, it's literally, you can have the same conversation between, you know, 40 short and weak and nine mil is, you know, do you want higher round count or do you want higher delivered energy? You just gotta, you gotta pick between the two. This kind of gives you a bit of both, but it's still taking up the same space as a seven six two NATO. So, you know, yeah, and no, I'm with you. Two two three five five six. Yeah, it's got its place. It's not gonna stop being used. Um, it's a very effective round. It, I mean, it vibe checks a little too quick on some people, but on people, I hate hearing the. It it, it takes four rounds to have them go down what you think is and usually you're going to hear that from you know people who are trying to make an argument you know they haven't deployed haven't been in a gunfight and it's just um you're not shooting and might have said this before you're not shooting one round at a guy going one oh and next guy one you are literally shooting so that person goes down you're shooting a bunch of rounds you don't know if you're generally hitting all the time because you know yeah exactly you're ripping rounds and when that guy gets hit it's not like oh i'm good to go like he's five five six when it rips through your body it's tumbling hard yeah and it's a great round i think it you know it has its viability i think the biggest place where we're going to see uh the the spear possibly fail is urban environment uh being such a larger rifle and that's where we might have limitations with the optic but also at that right. in urban environment, five five six is ripping too, um, and you are probably gonna be able to rip five five six faster. You have that thirty round mag, you're in close quarters, um, and that's when you got to be on, less reloading, uh, ready to go. And then, yep. as Midas said, is with the spear or the like five five six is great. It's we just gotta uh, improve our uh, marksmanship. I kind of went off the you know the horse right there, but yeah, five five six has its place. I don't think it's going anywhere, and I don't think. Yeah. NATO countries are going to get all five five six because it works, and they yeah, don't have they absolutely. don't have the money to do a program like this, right? Which they don't have to spend the R and D; they just have to. The Marines for the herbs and spices, yeah. you know. The Marines yeah. did say they were going to take whatever NGSW we chose, though. So the Marines are switching as well. Forgot to bring that up. I thought they were going to get our hemi down M sixteen A twos from. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Nom, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're still, well, they're still rocking the M79 grenade launcher, you know. Badass, badass, yeah, badass, yeah, but, uh, badass dude. Yeah, well, well, thanks a lot, guys. I, I really do appreciate the discussion. Uh, obviously, 
this podcast was about much more than just SIG winning a contract. You know, there's there's a lot of discussion about our future as a as a superpower, uh, and honestly, that is directly tied to what weapon system we're employing on the battlefield. You know, those are because one's an extension of the other, and uh, it's super important. Uh, as well as technological advancements uh, surrounding ballistics, which will inevitably drive an arms race for body armor, um, vehicle armor. Like you're going to see this. It's a game changer, truly. Uh, assuming it it upholds good enough reliability under the pressures that we were talking about, because that's, that's pretty, pretty insane. Uh, so a lot remains to be seen here, but uh, pretty cool development overall. Obviously, you know, the more lethal we get as humans, the world gets a little scarier. So do keep that in mind. Uh, but I know most of you guys are just fanboys. You see a peanut butter rifle and you want it. And uh, I mean, that's okay, that's too. What, that's what spray cans are for. It's, it's true. It's much cheaper as well than an $8,000 weapon system. I want it. <laughs> the other end of the spectrum but I'm not <laughs> but I'm not paid for yeah. that are you kidding me yeah exactly fuck no that's like yeah. win, all, win the mega millions tomorrow fuck no yeah even then I would just get yeah. two Shea tags yeah at that point so uh, but yeah yeah so good, good discussion overall uh, let's you know it's always good to stay up on newer trends in the firearms industry, uh, whether or not you think they're cool or not, because there's usually something to learn. So that's, uh, that's the, the point of this discussion. Uh, a lot of good suppressor advancements as well. A lot of things to look after, uh, especially when you're looking at SIG in the future. They're, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. So definitely got to keep an eye on them. And uh, thanks for coming out. We appreciate it. If you are longing for some extra magazines, of the 30 round variety after uh, hearing this discussion, head on over to mission first tactical use the code path five for 20% off checkout. If you want mags that are in the 50 round family, head on over to F five manufacturing and uh, check out the good stuff that they've got going on. Their braces are also pretty sweet. So very solidly built and American made. Thank you guys. Have a great night.